I'm ready. Man, it's just, it's good to be here just with you, you know? Thank you, Corey. Not that I haven't loved being here. We've actually had a lot of really cool guests lately. Yeah, we have. Some amazing conversations. Dude. I don't think people know why we do this little banter up front. Is it so that you have time to fix all the little dials and yeah, levels? Much, that's yeah. what you're doing right now. Yeah. Um but yeah, man, it's been it's been really cool as we're sitting in kind of the uh, you know series within series within series, and we've been uh, t- talking about a bunch go. of different things. But overall, we've been we've been looking at nuggets, disciple making nuggets. You don't sound so muddled now. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Is that good? I think so. Good, you're doing a great job. Okay, yeah, disciple making nuggets. Were you saying some important things? I mean, I thought so, but I, totally, I don't think I, I don't totally think anyone missed. else. Start uh, over because I missed everything you said. Okay, well, good. I'm a sentence in to anything that's serious. <laughs> Saying we're talking about nuggets. What are the little things that we need to really press into to see real disciple making, to see real micro churches emerging? Um, and you know what? Today I want to talk about Brian, and we want to talk about. But I feel like I was driving the ship a little bit pre. You were because Brian was like, I don't know if I want to. I didn't have the inner. I was I was walking in here praying like. Lord, I need something. I need like some little shot of something. Did, did you did you feel like you got that? I did. You got me excited about where we're headed. Man, that's amazing. Well, good. Well, I hope everyone else is feeling that exact same way right now as we're talking about how to find your context. I noticed something. Talk, talk to me. So we went back through where we've been with these nuggets. And in a way, we're following the missionary pathway. We can't help ourselves. How are we doing this? Like, it really wasn't that intentional. No. I mean, in a way, but not really. So we started with celebrate the little things. Just a, like a foundational idea. You should mm-hmm. just celebrate all things. Uh, not Well, not all things, but celebrate the little things yeah. and disciples. It's a journey, man. You know what I mean? That's right. Um, what was the second one? Obedience-based culture. Mm-hmm. And then we hung out in... Deci- uh, tapping into the supernatural, which we wait way too long for. And the cool thing is this Asbury revival. Yeah, right in like, the middle of that. Right in the middle. Also, um, all these other college campuses where it's happening. Yeah. And we, by the way, I mean, we recorded this weeks before. Yeah, totally. That And so when that first episode with Chris Caputo that was released was like one of yeah. like in the middle of it. And it's been cool, man. We've gotten a lot of really good feel. I mean, people are pressing into that conversation. Totally. Uh, more. And, uh, and there is such a hunger for just the, the tangible uh, expression of the Spirit of God to show yeah. up. So, yeah, that was been cool. We camped out in that for a while. And that doesn't fit, like, within one one of the steps. It's just, like, always. Totally. So, that you, so you should do that one early if you're thinking missionary pathway. Uh, but then we talked about pray for people early and often, which is, like, a part of living like a missionary, but also a part of extraordinary prayer and fasting. It kind of bridges both of those. Um, and then... We talked about building teams, right. maybe a little early in the conversation as far as the missionary pathway goes. Maybe, yeah, I mean, um, kinda, but kind of not. We're kind of jumping back a little bit this week, but it's also the lines are. There's no, it's it's not linear, right? We, you shouldn't look at the missionary pathway as like, well, I can't move forward yet, or I can't go back. <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. we need all these pieces. So the the conversation today, really important one before you get to the point of really living incarnationally or before you get to the point of being able to plant the gospel, you have to have people among whom you could plant said gospel. <laughs> right, right. And, you know, the, we've talked about this a lot, and we, we're just basically going to do a little bit more of a deep dive into it. Um, <laughs> Brian's doing some weird dance, and I'm not tracking why, but I am I feel like you're, the whole posture of I'm getting excited. Of, of Brian has changed in the last 15 minutes. So uh, get ready, listeners. 
for some really exciting stuff. So how do you how do you discover the context? You know, which God has called you to, uh, to really, to to what what Brian talked about. This begin to see actual disciple making. Um, I for years people have asked me. You know, as we're as we're beginning a journey of training people, it's like where where do you get stuck? What are the things that you say? And I always I always say if you don't know where you're going. All of this is just information. Yeah. And that's something that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. But I would say the vast majority of people that are excited about just movements, excited about kind of getting outside the, the the four walls of the church and actually going and participating with God, uh, the quickest way for them to not go down this journey is for them to quickly realize, I have no idea where God's calling me to. I have almost no relational like um, equity or whatever, you know, fill in the blank of within a, a pocket of people and they just don't know where to go. It's, it's daunting. And so I think today let, we're just going to look at maybe a few other ways, uh, maybe just help spark some creativity to like help think outside the box of discovering the people that God's calling you to. Yeah. So to follow our little framework that we have every time, what do we mean? We just sort of did that for the last five minutes. Yeah. You need to understand the people to whom you've been sent. Like we believe that. For every follower of Jesus, there's like, it, it might be a, a very small group of people, it might be a very large people group, but like there's something that God, a, a people, not something, some ones that God is burdening your heart with, like he's created you specifically for, to live among and to love well. Like these are the people that he sent you to love well. I always like to say that the faces and the places, yeah. right? Like the actual people and the actual, the places, and sometimes those overlap like it's a geographic space like my neighborhood and it's the people within that neighborhood uh, or sometimes it's a network that's that transcends geography but that's helpful for me because it rhymes right faces yeah, yeah. and places yeah that's it, clever Corey. and spaces whoa oh my, it, shoelaces oh, like, <laughs> got me <laughs> so what when we say find your yeah I, but my mom's listening so i'm not supposed to be mean to you so there's um the, the what is find your context. If, if you're going to embrace disciple making, disciple making in, inherently implies that there are people involved. <laughs> so like right. you need to identify these people. And we say find your context because we want to talk about effective disciple making, not just like um, random, ineffective. Uh, there's other words. There's it's another like word I'm looking for. Concepts. Uh, be, like know. like we're trying to do disciple making but it's like eh, a little bit over here a little you know it's like sporadic yeah sort of yeah but also it's not leading Aimless. anywhere yeah we don't we don't have depth to the relationship so yeah. it's not really going anywhere or right. we're thinking just like we're equating disciple making again i'm going back to this because my thing right now we're equating disciple making with conversion yeah so we just think well i'm going to be a missionary over here and lead this person to jesus and move on right so Find your context is also about a length of time. When we talk about what, it's not just like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm popping in and I'm out. Yeah, there's a longevity to it. That's good. Yeah, these the, these are my people. So we actually Which, have. This is getting us into some of the why too. So just yeah, I was gonna say we have, we we realize that we talk a lot about prayer and fasting, but we didn't have really good resources for fasting. We we do fast. We fast a lot as a network in various ways, but as far as a training thing, so we we recently created. A fasting guide. Like I mean, a, you're being so humble, Corey. I 
created. Yeah. No, it was it was borrowed from. I actually messaged a lot of people. Oh, good. In a lot of different. Um, That's way different, more encouraging. Now. Yeah, yeah. Di- different <laughs> DMM organizations, different leaders, people. I'm just like, give me the best, all of your fasting stuff. And I found that uh, a lot of people have their own things, but it wasn't, you know, it's kind of a thing they do more than necessarily they train on a ton. Yeah, there's not like a passage of scripture that is very clear on like step one. Determine length of days. <laughs> Step two. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So we created um, a little something, uh, just like what's the role of fasting in mission and disciple making? And then I actually have like three, or, or I think there's three specific guides that let's say, hey, someone's like, man, I want, I actually, I want to walk through something specific in my my fasting. And one of those we created was actually how to discover your missional context, a three day fasting guide for that because it's been such a significant block for people who want to go down this road and we're like well one of the best ways to break through blocks and to hear from god is fasting so there is if you are looking for that uh, how how would they find that yeah i was gonna say we should break in right here and say for those of you that have been through the missionary pathway so you got your login and you thought to yourself in the middle of that training oh man these they're really emphasizing prayer and fasting but they're there is literally nothing <laughs> in here on fasting. <laughs> Go back, log back in to missionarypathway.com, and you can find the fasting resource there. In the whole missionary path, there's a big up. There's been uh, an update. There's quite probably an up- since, update. Yeah, yeah, since you were on there last time. Yeah. So that's where you can find that. Perfect. Um, okay, so there's this. So in a, in a sense, we we may even look at some of these things in this this fasting guide. But just it, generically speaking, I have two passages and acts that I want to throw out there grounded in scripture that's right and I want to hear your thoughts Brian I'm here for color commentary but uh, I'm gonna like almost like interview you as kind of this like everyday let's go you know I don't, I don't want to say unintelligent but just kind of like <laughs> this kind of ignorant <laughs> no I'm sorry <laughs> I'm sorry no, you're you're just you're just an ordinary person here, right? You're not the yeah. brilliant strategist and leader in the city that you are now you're just an ordinary person I don't know what to say to you right now. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8, what do you learn about missional context specifically in that passage, Brian? Well, you will be my witnesses. Okay. So I just... Well, in Jerusalem, that's good. That's good. <laughs> There's power involved. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. There's the word witness and what it means, what it really communicates. Um, don't don't ask me to expound on. That. I'm just you're just going. I didn't know you were gonna. Do I know this, this is so great. I'm, like, I'm putting you on the spot. You're just an ev- you're just an ignorant everyday person. <laughs> no. All right. No, but like All when, right. I, when I talk about Jerusalem and yeah. Judea, Samaria and the ends of the earth, what strikes you about the the context of mission? Like that's that's like the equivalent of the Matthew 28. Great Commission. I mean, it's the last words. It's Luke's version in the Book yep. of Acts, right before Jesus ascends, and he's he's you know calling his he's commissioning his apostles to go to reach the world. I feel what like you we were you? really prepped for this, and you're really making <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> the, the ignorant part is really shining through because you were prepped and I wasn't. All right, I'm just here's saying, what strikes you. What strikes me is, I mean, I wouldn't. I've spent a lot of time in this passage, so like through the years, like understanding Jerusalem is at the very center, like go where you're yep. already living first, Boom. pay attention to the actual geographical space in which you exist. Yeah. Judea 
is kind of more regional. Mm-hmm. If I'm, um, you're nodding, yes. So. Yep. It's I mean, yeah, Jerusalem, part of Judea. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. So it's yeah. like then you kind of begin to move a circle out. Um, I always thought, I say I always thought for a long time as I was taught this passage, Samaria was like you know another place that you can go to, mm-hmm. um, and then Rob kind of reframed that for me with understanding. Uh, it's cross-cultural. It's yep. still like Judea. It's geographically near, but yeah. culturally far. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah, you're you're crossing over from, yeah, just reaching Jews to now Greeks. And yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then the ends of the earth. So there is a, there is part of our commission and calling to go to the ends of the earth. When I said um, Greeks, I meant Gentiles, but that's probably some carryover. I don't know. I feel, all of a sudden I feel like, oh crap. This you're like, nervous. I'm like, yeah. someone knows some, yeah. more than me. And... <laughs> A lot of people. Anyway, the point is it's cross-cultural. So even in your geographical region, you might be looking cross-culturally. But then the ends of the earth really takes you far away. Mm -hmm. And then you see the gospel begin to spread that way. Like Luke is a brilliant writer. Mm -hmm. I I love that part of who he is. So like he's framing up what's about to happen. And he tells you the story as it rolls out Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Yeah, it's like the thesis statement yeah, for the yeah, rest totally. of the book of Acts. No, totally. Yeah, so you actually see very specific missional contexts in that verse. Okay, I want to read another one. This is Acts 11. This is some, This is a passage we've probably read two or three times. Are in, you going to interview me after this one, too? Because I need to be ready. Like, an, Yes. Okay. No, it's just what stands out to you. So you don't even have to say anything all that brilliant. You can really sit in this the ignorance. Like, this is who I am today. It's, <laughs> Nothing's it's cool. new. <laughs> all right. And this is a little, um, this is a couple sentences. Oh, man, there's a lot of uh, geographic. Uh, whew, this is this is intimidating. Uh, if, if I say something wrong. Do you want me wrong, to read it for you? Yeah. And okay. you can interview me. Um, Acts 11, context here, right? So it's actually coming back to about three chapters before when um, Jerusalem. These, these are not that hard, dude. No, I know. I'm just scared. <laughs> anti Okay, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. You're right. There wasn't very difficult in terms yeah, of yeah, but okay. Wh- what stands out? I'm, I'll answer. Maybe I'll answer the question since you read the passage this time, right? So we, we get to see from Jerusalem, right? You get you get the stoning of Stephen, and then right after that was the scattering of the church. Bam, right? And we've talked about that in the past, where we love that it's like really the the first catalytic spark of the spread of the gospel in the Book of Acts. It's a bunch of unnamed people, like ordinary. Uh, what ignorant is that the right <laughs> a thought no just people who were just normal who we don't even know their name they weren't the apostles the apostles actually most of them stayed in Jerusalem they said it's like everyone yeah, except them true. and they were they they were scattered so they start reaching Phoenicia 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 see I, oh man come on Austin. started reaching Cyprus, Phoenicians Antioch um, and most of them were reaching other Jews mm-hmm. right but then it says but some of them Men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch, began to speak to Greeks also. So you actually begin to see the cross-cultural move. Cross-cultural, right? Yeah, like reaching across. And so I just love that. So those, both of those passages kind of ground this conversation where for most of us, we are going to start with our Jerusalem and Judea, right? We're going to start with the people in front of us. Who do we have a reason to 
be around and who and some of the general categories brian like as you think of who are the people we have a reason to be around talk to me um well, categories categories why don't you say it <laughs> you knew exactly where you, <laughs> i was like categories we, you mentioned a bunch of categories before we I'm started sorry, i'm sorry you know, like so, so the you, primary places in which we exist, our neighborhoods where we live, yeah. our workspaces. So we talk about first spaces, second spaces, third spaces, second spaces where you work. We spend most of our time in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our apartments, whatever. Spend second in our workspaces. So that's a natural place. You naturally exist there. You go there every day. You have relationships that you can build there every day. And then third spaces. So that's when we start bringing up like learn, play. Mm -hmm. um, so these are spaces we have a reason to belong because we spend uh, a, a significant amount of our time there. Yeah. Split between those kind of general categories. Yeah. And I he, understand what you mean now. Totally. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. So that's probably for most of us, that's where we're going to start. That's that's the context that God's probably calling you. Oh, there are some gaps though, right? Like it's not always super easy to find that that context. And I found some of those gaps, like let's say you're new to a city, Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and it's like, okay, we're we're putting all of our effort into trying to train people to reach their people, and it's like, man, I got no people. Like, I, I, I just got here. Yeah, like I literally don't have first, second, or third spaces or whatever. Like that, that's actually more and more common, especially as more people work from home, um, young people graduating college, people you know moving from city to city. So that's that's been hard. Sometimes people just don't like they don't have the the the, the more lonely and isolated and less connected our culture gets the less clear and apparent finding our context becomes. Mm. And so that to me, I've, I've had a, a burden for that lately for people because it's like most of our stories are people that, yeah, they can, they can connect right away. Uh, but we've had more and more that people have had to sit in this, I guess, for, for a longer period of time. They've had to really seek after God. Who are the people that you're calling me to? Um, and so I just want to think through, and maybe this, the rest of this podcast will be just some good sparking ideas, creativity. Maybe the Lord like stirs something in you about maybe who, who are the other people? Maybe it is the, now some of them reach the Greeks conversation. Mm. Are you reaching across culturally in some capacity? Maybe a group of people that you don't have a natural reason to be around and who might they be? Or maybe you just have to be intentional in a new way of of breaking in to a group that you're not yet a part of. Yeah, and I know you're about to jump into those different categories. I just want to say real quick, like the that cross-cultural thing and that phrase, they had a reason to exist. Like when it says, however, some of them began to uh, spread the good news among the Greeks. Like that, we don't get the weight of that. And yeah. like in the modern text, it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, some people went over here because we're like, yeah, that's cool. But for their day. It's radical. Yeah, like yeah. they're crossing cultural boundaries that they normally would have gone like, well, this is going to end me. I'm going to lose all my relationships. Like I can't even in a podcast communicate the weight of what they were doing. Mm. So I love that phrase. As so many people have told us like they love that phrase when you say that, like go to those with whom you have a reason to exist. You have a natural reason to belong there. You have a reason to belong in your neighborhood. You have a reason to belong at work. You're there. You're present. You can begin to think about how to live incarnationally. You can pray for specific people. And you just begin to ask, is this the main space? Yeah. 
And I mean, the other side of it, even when you talk about like, I just moved here, I don't know anybody yet, or workspace where it's like, I'm working from home, so I don't have a bunch of these relationships that I could really foster. Uh, the other side of it is it just may be hard soil. Like there's no there's no room for that to be your people group. Like you've prayed, mm-hmm. you've fasted. There's a sense of God saying, this is not the space. Totally. You're not being fruitful here. And you, it's not that you should stop being a missionary in those spaces or a good disciple maker that's thinking incarnationally, but sometimes you just have to recognize like, it ain't working here. And I need to ask Jesus if there's like another specific thing which can be a good yeah. transition moment. You like that was a good transition. I mean, that was moment. good. I mean, honestly, it's it's a foundational principle in in making disciples in within movements is that you go where God's going. You don't force the door open. And you're right. Sometimes we're within maybe the context that we're naturally within is not a context that is spiritually open. So that was our story for a while. You know, we kind of had to pivot and shift. And so pivot. Yeah, and that's a solid reference. And so that's okay. That's okay. In fact, that's probably good that you're listening to the Lord. And but you didn't stop being a good incarnational believer there in that space. And oh, yeah, now years we, later. We, we, we swarm all off. We said. No, that's not true at all. That's not true. You're right. You're right. And there was years. Like Just think about my neighborhood. There's years. And we have great relationships and friendships. And it might spark other things. You know what I mean? Like it's just. But it, it wouldn't be my primary place of sentness or whatever weird language that we use as missionaries like it's just not my primary place anymore but it's okay all right so the transition is you're thinking like all right i gotta discover my context that's what we're talking about why do we do that because we want to be effective disciple makers ineffective disciple makers bounce all over the place don't develop any relationships so you can never really see movement so that's why we do it how do we do it sorry i'm going back to do the whole context piece so uh (laughs) to explain myself so the first how is like just pay attention to right where you are like we see this um this biblical narrative where it's like jerusalem judea samaria the ends of the earth there's some cross-cultural things in there go to the people you have a reason to exist that's why Uh, we do the context map exercise yeah i was going to ask about tools so now we're in the how so step one just look around you but step two you're going like ah it's not happening here or I don't feel a sense that God is moving here. I'm, I'm not being fruitful here. And you're beginning to think, I need to go to places where I might have a reason to exist in this space because of a hab, uh, a habby. Yeah. A got, hobby. Got them good habbies. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't understand. A hobby, a passion, a cause of some sort. So, But you might find that you're, you you feel a, a calling to a, a cause or some issue of justice. It's like, I don't really have a reason to exist there, but like I have this burden. So now we're going to get into a little bit of the, how do you discern your context? If you're thinking it's not in one of these live work. Yeah, play. that's good. And I think you just touched on a couple of them. So we'll, we'll throw this out there and we'll sit on it for a second. So number one is yeah, the people around you. Okay. But outside of that, the, so the number one outside the box thinking is think about your history has there ever been a specific group of people that for whatever reason your heart has been stirred maybe when you hear a story or when you're around them for instance i was in college on a missions trip i just thought about this the other day and there was a testimony of a dude who had been in jail and i remember being in tears Mm. of just thinking about this the power of like the transformation in this dude's life I don't think I would have been able to ever say, and still probably still to this day, that I have a passion for seeing disciples made in jails and prisons. 
but dude, for whatever reason, it has been fruitful for you. Yeah, it's been really fruitful in the in a, in spiritual families that I've just like absolutely loved to be a part of and help you know lead and things like that. But I just look back at my history, and there was a time when I was in college that I was really emotionally stirred by this idea. Mm. So think about that. Is there something in your history? Is it? Um, I remember when we we interviewed Laura Council. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking Laura that question. Is there a group of people you feel really called and passionate about? She goes, single moms. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even like a, a you know, a moment of breath between, you know, my yeah, speaking yeah. and her. She was just so excited about that. One, she had a reason, like that was her journey, mm-hmm. but she just had a heart for it. But maybe it's more subtle. Maybe you heard a testimony about um, orphans or refugees or you spent time around teenagers or addicts. Or whatever, you know, like maybe there's there's something like, so now as you're thinking about a potential group that you can get connected to, maybe there's a group that God's already stirred in, in your heart in the past. Yeah, totally. Sorry, I thought I, you were going to keep going, and I you kind of looked at me like, I, I need to, you to jump in here. I had to, I had to hiccup, <laughs> and so I like did a little hiccup over here. Um, okay, second thought, I literally, like, there, I know there's been more people who've traveled globally. Right. Has there ever been a place that you've gone to where you're like, ooh, these these people are like people I love, people God has called me yeah. to? Or maybe just the fact that it's other cultures. Maybe you're just generally drawn to people from different parts of the world. So, like, how can you get connected overseas? Uh, maybe there's an or even locally with immigrants and refugees in your own community. Maybe you're passionate about and you mentioned this before a cause or a justice issue, or a ministry in your city. So, homelessness. Maybe you're just really passionate about fighting homelessness. Human trafficking, a giant one. I've always, like I've heard incredible testimonies of people who are working with women who are in human trafficking, and just I've, I've thought many times, wow, that is a incredibly ripe and open network of people um, for, there's, they're just really, yeah, I mean, I've, just, I've thought about, every time I hear about a group of people, I think, ooh, yeah, yeah. You're open. You're called to the people group and I would say like be creative in this as well as you as you pray and as you fast to think through like what what piece of that. You can't own human trafficking. Right. It can't just be like, well, I'm going to make disciples within human trafficking. It's like, no, there's like systemic issues at play here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it from from like what's causing like getting to the root to the root core of that systemic injustice and going like it might be the people that are working to end it right it might be the people that have found themselves stuck in it and rescued out of that it might be like you can begin to think of all of the angles when you get into that and it might be like just the policy makers that are working to create Mm -hmm. that so you're like talking about politicians in some way you know what i mean so like don't don't just think like Yes, human traffic burdens me, but like begin to ask the Lord to highlight like what component of this can I like really own? Yeah. Well, you know what I would do if if that was my story? If I had a real heart for that, I mean, because that is you're right, it is a large subject. Well, just look at your own story real quick. This is a like a, a parallel. Like it when you think about the jail system that you've right. been a part of, you're not thinking the wardens and those that work there, it was like the inmates. Right. You're not thinking about the people that come in to create whatever, some sort of educational platform yeah. like those are. But those are I just mentioned three specific like links. There. Yeah, those are those are categories of people. But like so I'm thinking of it in terms of, OK, um, the people affected by it, like the, the 
so in the jail context, the inmates, the human trafficking, you know, actually the, the people being trafficked. I think of, well, how would I begin to be good news and partner? I think of who can I partner with? Mm-hmm. Who in the city is already doing this? Yeah. And it's it, that. Please, please start with people that are already doing it. 100%. That's, that's kind of my, my point when we think about the co- the the justice and the causes and the the you know the charities or whatever language you want to use the the organizations I always think about okay who's already being called to that and then that really becomes like for me with with the jail ministry for instance I I went under gracious promise I went under their umbrella they were a jail ministry who had a lot of favor and we were able to go in and create relationships right away and be good news and see disciple making literally like multiply a a ton in jail settings, right? And that wasn't because I personally had an amazing connection there. It's like we found the people that already did. And so I think that's actually a huge part of finding your context mm-hmm. is say you're passionate about mental illness. Well, what, or combating mental illness or people affected yeah, yeah. by mental illness yeah. would be a better way of saying that. What ministries or organizations exist for you to partner with? Yeah. Um, and then how can you begin to actually rub shoulders with people in that world and see disciple making happen? Like that's where the open doors mm-hmm. and it's usually partnering with other people. And two reasons why you should do that. One, they're way ahead of you and they're going to educate you on not making the really bad mistakes that will hurt a lot of people. Amen. And I'm like that kind of, I mean, we're laughing in here saying that, but like that is a, that's a heavy issue. Huge. And yeah. Please please just go partner with somebody first. And the second one is they've probably been praying for you for a while Mm. and they're just longing for teammates and help as well, you know? And so a team may already exist in some way there. So like, just pray the Lord shows you those right partners. Well, two little stories with that. I mean, Laura council, again, going back to Laura and and if, I mean, it's probably over a year ago, two years ago, I don't know. We interviewed Laura. Um, and I, I always think about that. She joined an amazing ministry in the city called the single mom KC. And the Single Mom KC is a giant network of reaching and being good news to, to come alongside single mothers, which is a giant percentage of people in our city. And we didn't have to recreate the wheel. Like she got to step in and serve alongside. And now she's just around all these single moms all the time. Right. So you're kind of stepping into a network. I mean, I just literally had, you know, this is an early story, so I, I don't know how if I should sh- share it, but I'm going super to super generic. Um <laughs> Well, I don't know how I can't. There's uh, so Guy in our who got <laughs> 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 super specific. <laughs> well, I could be specific about Guy. Guy is a soccer coach in the area and really ministering to the nations in Kansas City and and has a soccer. Well, it was thinking about starting another soccer club. And long story short, just met incredible partner in the city who has already done that. Created a club team that's that's full of people from the nations who's hungry for disciple making to to infiltrate that. So all of a sudden. Like he and I are sitting with this guy, said, "Man, he's called to this incredible ministry, and we are stepping into it to join him in what he's already doing." Right, so that's a huge one: is to find partners. Uh, it's the whole thing I would joke about in the past of like you can be, you can be the dog, or you can be the tick and find the dog. <laughs> All right, we saw that. I saw that one from Phil Alessi. Uh, shout out to my boy Phil. All right, so that's one thought. Here's here's another one. Maybe we end on this this kind of idea because you probably got it. Yeah, it's wild. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're looking at me like we got to hurry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here's a big one. <laughs> and this is, I just think of all of, I actually think of Facebook, even though I haven't been on Facebook in years, all the different 
um, categories of relationships yeah. that you can find. Any group you can be a part of in Facebook is an affinity that we can think about how to break through in gospel planting and disciple making. Yeah. So if you're in a city and you feel like you don't have a network, you are actually just a Google search away right. from finding a network of people that share probably a hobby or an affinity of yours. Like what's you're you're you like to cycle? Is that the right way yeah. of saying that you're a cyclist? I'm a triathlete. You're, oh yeah, you are. There's a difference. There is. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's probably a bunch of people in this city that you can just like totally. find a group with, right? One hundred percent. I mean, just think of some other hobbies that you. I mean, cycling, gaming, theater, dance, hiking, fitness, pickleball. Now, pickleball, huge one, in Kansas City, uh, cooking. Photography, drawing, music. I mean, just, I mean, literally, whatever. Knit, knitting. There are, there are groups. You didn't even go with that knitting. one. Knitting. I love. I know you love knitting. To knit. <laughs> That's my thing. Uh, you know me so well. But you know what I'm talking about? Like, you are a Google search away from finding other people in your city who also have similar things. Well, that's a network that exists. Right. I'm not saying you Google it and the first thing you do is you're, you're presenting the gospel to them and all this stuff. I'm saying like yeah, go make friends, go make friends, go go insert yourself into a new network. Right. And all of a sudden you're going to find yourself surrounded by lots of people who probably don't yet know Jesus, who will probably embrace you really quick. Exactly. Too. It's actually really, really fun. Like so we have to think above place. And think about ways of connecting with people in, you know, in digital spaces and things like that. And then, yeah, you rub shoulders with them. And now suddenly you are a part of a network in which you can plant the gospel. So think that's I hope some of this is sparking just some ideas for you, right? Like, yes, the people right in front of you, but also what are the things you're passionate about and maybe the groups of people that you can um, insert yourself into. And maybe lastly, you might just have to start a new thing. Yeah. Like sometimes that some of our stories are people just they had to start a new thing. Nobody in their neighborhood or in this area knew each other, so they just started throwing a lot of parties and getting people, and they created a new group. Awesome. That's a lot of work too, but it's all about being like it's kingdom creativity and finding your context. And you are a sent missionary. Yeah. Like God is like there is a context out there that God is sending you to. So discovering it is, doesn't have to be this giant mystery. We just yeah, have to yeah. press into the Lord. Um, and a lot of it is probably already in our history, in our story, right? Like totally. Probably. So hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, two quick things as we end. One, if you're in another city and you're like one of, I know we have a lot of leaders in other cities, like this is one of your most important jobs. So I just want to say that. Like yeah. help people find their calling and step into it. Stop trying to get people to come to your thing and do your thing. Equip people to do the thing that God has called them to do. And then if you're in this city, we want to help you. Like we want to sit with you and 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 help you step into that call. And maybe you're like, I think I know what it is, but I don't know what to do first. Corey's really amazing at that, helping you do that. Stop. So, Stop um, that. but if you're like, I I love what you're saying, but I don't really know, then like email us. Seriously, we want to sit with you and help you begin to discern that. So you can go to caseyunderground.org scroll down and click there's a start something on there or just email Corey at Casey underground. <laughs> Seriously, if you're in the city, we want to help you. If you're outside the city, like we said, and you're a leader, like, man, just begin to think through, I've got to help people begin to step into what Jesus is calling them to do and help them discern who is the people group to whom they've been sent. 
Bum, 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 bum. Thanks for listening to the Underground Podcast. We hope that it's either been an encouragement to you or that it's created a curiosity about what it means to live into a missionary mindset with an aim to make disciples and see the church emerge. If you're a missionary or a microchurch in Kansas City and you're looking for coaching or just belonging within a network, we'd love to connect with you so we can learn about what you are doing and how you are joining Jesus for gospel saturation in this city. If you're outside the Kansas City area and have questions about what it would mean to catalyze a disciple-making movement that leads to the emergence of microchurches in every network within your city, we'd love to connect with you as well and offer whatever resources might be helpful to you. You can find out more at kcunderground.com. Grace and peace, friends.